Mangarai. Everything that makes country racing great. This is Bushbeat on Radio Tab. Running away from us to the top of the track and on the outside Oakfield target on the inside at the helm and Merrily makes a line of three now as they come up towards the home turn followed next by Sir Bully who's running in fourth place as dropping off is at the helm so it's a pair of two. It's Merrily and Oakfield target clear then in third place on the inside is at the helm followed by Sir Bully who's pulling to the outside Merrily went bush on the turn but is serving it up to Oakfield target. Elizano is running up on the inside. It's still Oakfield target in front. Merrily on the outside. Oakfield target hands and heels. He's going to be too good. Oakfield target beats Merrily and Elizano from last rushes through to be third. Sir Bully fourth. wonder if that rang a bell with you. Oakfield target. Tony Clements. Good morning, Tony. Hello, Steve, and good morning, everyone, as we welcome you to Bushbeat for another week on Radio Tab, rounding up the country news. And today we throw the spotlight on last Saturday's program at Bell. Oakfield target you heard there. Winning by nearly two lengths with Emily Emily Lang in the saddle, part of a winning double for Emily, and she'll join us on the show this morning. Winning trainer there, Pat Webster. And, yes, the horse's name does ring a bell. Winner of the Wandoan Cup last year. We'll talk to the uh, previous trainer and now owner, Will Loudon. He'll join us on the show this morning as well. Lots to go through on the show today. Rob Luck is with us as always on Bushmeat. G'day, Rob. Hey, good morning, Tony. Definition of bad luck this morning, Tony. You get to be on the Gold Coast. You look forward to the Magic Millions uh, run up the beach and the uh, the draw, and you come down with man flu. So. Oh, no. <laughs> Won't be going to the sales for a couple of days either, I wouldn't think, but... Uh, the dreaded old uh, summer head goal that comes and uh, hits you for six, but had to be ready for Bushbeat, Tony. We can't miss that. No, Hopefully no. I don't sound too croaky this morning. Tuesday morning rolls around oh so quickly. Let's look back at that Bell program on the weekend. It's their once-a-year meeting, Rob, and Brett Moody was the voice we heard there at the start of the show this morning calling that uh, particular event. That was the Brazier Trailers benchmark 65 won by Oakfield Target, beating Miralee and Elizano storming home from the tail of the field with Paul Hamlin in the saddle. Hambo ended up with a winning double at the end of the day as well. Speaking of those dulcet tones, Brett Moody is with us on the show this morning. G'day, Brett. Yes, good morning, Tony. Good morning, Rob. Good morning everyone happy new year likewise yep. and a, a big day there at bell on the, uh, saturday yeah definitely uh, tony it's their annual uh, race meeting and um yeah they had uh, i think all the uh, the buses were full that they uh, organized to come out from um dolby and uh, it was the first uh, sort of uh, meeting that uh, even last year was affected by covid um yeah, so uh, it was certainly great to see. And, and the pitches after, I always uh, like to see those once-a-year meetings. Uh, they cleared out the betting ring. It was just full of people that, you know, well, God knows what hour it was, half past eight, nine o'clock at night, all the young ones having a great time. And I just, uh, you know, I think that sort of money, my uh, mind is, my racing mind is clicking over to think, uh, you know, it's all that all that money's going sort of uh, either directly or indirectly into racing. Yeah, good morning to you, Brett, and Happy New Year. And, and Brett, watching the vision on uh, regional cast, I got the impression with Bell, there's a few difficulties there as well. Plenty of is a cattle yards in the middle and the horses run away from you as well, I heard in the call. Yeah, yeah, the uh, showgrounds is uh, in the middle and there's a uh, few trees uh, around the place and of course each year you go back they get bigger uh so that uh, blocks out a little bit uh, more of the of the view but and of course it's a unique track uh it's 
sort of um, you know, goes there's a sharp turn up the top. Uh, it's a good long run along the back there. But then uh, they run downhill from about the 450. And, of course, as you would have seen, it's only a, a short run home. And they were on a firm too, so they're a bit lucky that they got um, lucky and unlucky uh, that they missed. Some places got, you know, uh, 12 to 15 mils uh, early in the week. They only got half that, about six, but it looks at least took the fire out of the track. But, um, yeah, so we saw a couple of track records and one by Oakfield Target. Uh, I think that's his second or third track record that uh, he had there. He broke Massini's uh, track record and Massini won the race last year. So it has proven a... A good form race uh, in uh, in bygone years. Just to put it into a little bit of context, uh, Brett, uh, for those that aren't familiar with where exactly Bell is, it is in the Bunya Mountains in, um, I guess you can still say, southeast Queensland. You're, you're only about 45k or so up the road from Dolby and go another 70k or so back up the uh, the Bunya Highway there to Kingaroy. It's uh, almost built on the side of a hill, uh, the, the racetrack itself. It's very, very picturesque and would have one of the most unique finishing posts, I think, of any racetrack anywhere. Yeah, I don't know what the story is behind the winning page, but they put a bit of uh, effort into it, uh, obviously, uh, using the bell. So, um, yeah, but, uh, yeah, it's uh, very picturesque at the foot of the Bunya Mountains and, um, yeah, quite accessible from, you know, uh, Kingaroy, um, you know, to Dolby. Uh, and, of course, uh, Roma, they come across the uh, back road there from Chinchilla. So, yeah, it's, uh, it's very accessible and it's a very popular meeting. Yeah, Brett. And when you look through the winners, uh, not only the double for Paul Hamblin, who I'm, sh- I'm quite sure uh, would have been a while Paul's ridden at 58 and a half in that first race, but a lot of the winners on the day uh, hadn't had many starts for their stables, are uh, relatively new. And what a story behind the champ with a name like that for Naomi Hemmings out of Warwick having its first start of the four-year-old. This horse started with Peter Moody, I believe. So it's it's a really good story for a maiden winner. I'm not suggesting that it's going to go on to bigger and better things to any great extent coming out of a ballot maiden, but it, it had a tough run on the lead throughout, someone attacking it all the way, and it's a great result for Naomi uh, Hemmings. And great to see the, um, the credit she gave on social media for all the people in her team behind the result for the champ. Yeah, and I don't know how um, uh, Naomi and Michael uh, split them up, but uh, at the moment... Uh, Naomi's, uh, I think she's got the bragging rights uh, over Michael uh, in her uh, in converted commas stable. Uh, but yeah, obviously she uh, identified the champ uh, pretty early on when he came uh, and they uh, picked him up fairly cheaply um, and uh, identified him pretty quick that uh, he was going into her stable. And uh, he put the blinkers on and uh, he's had the gelding operation, obviously. Uh, being by the Derby winner, Rebel Raider, but uh, out of an Elstrom mare, but he showed uh, surprising speed. And uh, I didn't get to talk to Paul Hamlin, but whether he'd gone out there for a jump out, because it's, uh, as you say, unusual for him to ride at 54 and a half, but he'd obviously seen something there or uh, heard whispers or, in fact, been out there to do a jump out or a a gallop with him, uh, the champ. And, uh, yeah, the two horses, the two uh, Warwick horses went toe-to-toe and he was uh, last one standing and in the end won by uh, by three lengths and uh, it, uh, there was a little bit of uh, form in the race as well and uh, yeah, on the strength of that performance uh, he, he looks uh, likely to continue to pay his way. 
Yeah, and as you said in your post-race comments, uh, you can often leave yourself open to a hiding when you name a horse like the champ, uh, that they won't have the speed or won't show much in their runs, but uh, he could be an exception. Yeah, I think so. Um, and, yeah, he, uh, yeah, they're out to a big lead, and uh, obviously the downhill run there at the Bell uh, suited the front runners, but, uh, yeah, he kept going and, uh, and uh, won by a good margin. Yeah, Paul... Paul bookended the program. Um, of course, the other winner that he had also only 59 kg. I'm used to Paul turning up at the race meetings and he'll get a big garbage bin and get it full of hot water so he can jump in and, and lose weight. But he must be doing it well over the uh, over the Christmas break. And good on him because he travels around a lot. But he had a good win with Lycee as well with Hannah Willis. Yeah, it was only Hannah's uh, second winner as a, uh, as a trainer. And, uh, yeah, Lycee coming out of that fourth at the Sunshine Coast uh, so, and only the second run for the uh, stable. So uh, she's a new addition to the training ranks here here in uh, Toowoomba. But as you mentioned, Paul um, is certainly having a great season. His strike rate's over the 20% mark now, and uh, yeah, and he's uh, got through the the difficult um, Christmas festive season. And uh, yeah, I think we'll see him now with the uh, the different weights. Uh, Scales that he might to pick up more rides, and we'll see him more regularly. But I think he's uh, pretty uh, content to, uh, you know, to uh, keep his strike rate up and uh, just ride uh, two or three a meeting as long as they can win. But uh, yeah, Lyc was uh, was a pretty and a good effort because, uh, but it, I think uh, Paul Hamlin did use all his vigour there to get it home to run down real drama for Pat Webster. So Pat and Emily almost had a big day. Um, this real drama hadn't had much, you know, her form had really tapered off. She did show a bit early on in her career, but uh, last preparation, uh, she did get that maiden win on the home track at St George, but the form tapered off, but she's come back well, and she took a fair bit of running down there, and it was only uh, Paul Hamlin had to get desperate in the last 100 metres to get Lysley up uh, to win. As you said, uh, Oakfield target earlier on, Emily Lang, well, it was almost... Uh, a three-way successive result for them, Pat Webster and Emily Lang, because they had that win also with Outback Playboy. Another one that's first uh, run for the stable, a capitalist. It was an ex-Rob Heathcote horse, this, and uh, yeah, race-to-race double for Emily Lang, this time with uh, Jake Capel. Yeah, and uh, we often talk about, we highlight uh, the efforts that the jockeys go to, but uh, you'll be talking to Emily shortly, but this one rates up right up there. Of course, you had the w- double at Gatton, and she had uh, riding at Mackay on the Friday. She had, um, I think, three placings there, then the double, and then she was off to um, the Port of Coffs um, on the Sunday yeah, where Harbour, she yeah. rode a winner for, for Brett Kavanagh. So that's a, that's a pretty big effort from, uh, from Gatton to Mackay to Bell to, um, to Coffs. You mentioned yeah, after yeah. the uh, the win there of Outback Playboy that he's been a bit of a problem horse and, uh, and quite often, yeah, the pro- these problem horses find their way to Westbrook too, uh, Jake Capewell, so he can try and sort them out. Yeah, and uh, he's obviously uh, got some barrier issues and I uh, was talking to Jake after that they sent him around early and um, put him straight into the barriers and that's uh, it's sort of the opposite to what you would think would happen for a barrier ride, but he does uh, as long as they uh, they stand okay. So it's only getting in there, um, and he got him loaded first, uh, even though he probably would have been in first, but well ahead of uh, the uh, starting signal going. So he's in there for a few minutes, but then of course that dragged out to about five because there was a late scratching. 
Um, so he said I didn't start to get a bit nervous in there, but he stood like a lamb. And then the other issue then is when they're in that there that long, they sort of switch off and and it dwell. But it certainly wasn't the case for him. Uh, he bounced to the front and was was never sighted. And it was great to see the My Runners Syndicate, and it's a tremendous boost for our region to uh, to have them running here. So hopefully Jack will get a few more of them. Um, because uh, you know the the power that they uh, they have with over a thousand members on social media is uh, is um, you know you can't buy that sort of publicity. Yeah, it's good that they don't uh, sell them off, Brett, uh, isn't it? They're actually targeting uh, the country races to suit the horse, and uh, same also with Lee Wanless and Cash Artist. It's uh, two wins in a row now for this Denman um, four-year-old. Yeah, and he's coming off. Uh, obviously, he's trained on the sand and. Um, and his uh, first win was on the sand at Dundee, but uh, he uh, uh, quickly adapted to the the grass there, and uh, that was a pretty big effort. Uh, it was a great ride by uh, Tyler Leslie there. He's showing uh, uh, great maturity. He let the other uh, pair go and stalked into the straight and just knew that he needed to be winding up. They've uh, Over the last few years, they've cambered the bell track, so... Um, it does give uh, some of the run-on horses a bit of a chance. So he knew he had to be up on the camber there to uh, to be a chance to run down those horses on the inside. And, uh, and he was able to get up there uh, from Emmerich Pride, who was coming off also uh, a last start winner to, to room. So it's a good effort by Jeff Schrader. She won her maiden the previous week. She's only a three-year-old filly and obviously showing bit of promise he had to do a lot of work from the uh, wide draw and it was only just grabbed in the in the last 50 metres. Moods, you mentioned about the social media presence of the My Runners group with the win of Outback Playboy. I've got to give credit as well to the Bell Race Club. Uh, they were very, very active, especially on their Facebook page leading up to the meeting, letting everybody know about, as you're saying, things like the courtesy buses. I think they sold two of them out uh, and acknowledging all of their sponsors. And then so many wonderful photos of, as you say, everyone partying into the night. Uh, I think more clubs need to be doing that to be able to show how active they are and how much of a fun time you can have at a country race meeting. Yeah, and I think it's uh, yeah generally um, uh, catching on. Um, you know, seeing the success of uh, these sort of meetings um, that the other clubs are cer- certainly you're putting. You know, even uh, a person you know gazetted to be that uh, the uh, the go-to person when it comes to social media, a dedicated person for that field. Yeah, very much so. Where are you off to next? I've got uh, the Dalby meetings. Uh, that's uh, there's a, got a tab meeting on uh, Friday week, and then uh, Dalby again. Uh, they race the Cannonball Day on uh, the 5th of February, so that's the only couple of meetings for the next couple of months. Is the Dalby meetings because obviously it's uh, it's pretty quiet. Yeah, not a lot going on at the moment as it's quite warm around, obviously, the Christmas New Year period. But great to be able to uh, put the spotlight on Bell on Bush Beat today. Thanks for joining us on the show this morning. No worries, and. Uh, yeah, thanks for having me, and uh, look forward to another great year of uh, country racing. Exactly. We'll catch up very soon. Brett Moody joining us there. Rob, as we uh, continue to uh, showcase this Bell program from the weekend, we heard at the start of the show Oakfield Target taking out uh, race three on the program there. And I mentioned at the start that that was a previous uh, Wandowan Cup winner when trained by Will Loudon. Now, Wilbur is at Wandowan, but now the horse is racing with Pat Webster. And we thought... We thought we'd check in with uh, the winning owner as he is here because he's had a bit of success lately and just see if we could find out a little of the backstory, but also to congratulate him on another great start to uh, to racing for 2023. Will, thanks for joining us on Bushbeat this morning. Welcome along. 
No, thanks for having me. What's the story yep. with Oakfield Targa? Why is he now with Pat? Um, to be honest, just so I could have a breather. <laughs> a few fish to catch, a bit of golf to play, you know how it is. No, fair comment. Fair call. I thought mm. it might have been work-related, Will. <laughs> no, no, what's work? <laughs> <laughs> Seeing your horses win, that's the only type of work you like, isn't it? And you've had a good run of success lately, haven't you, with uh, Pat as well? Not only yeah, with Pat. Target. Yeah, Pat's doing everything right. Um, yeah, the, the horses are flying, and w- they come off a few good runs before they went there too, so it sort of set it up for him pretty well, and they turned up fit there. I think um, Miss Cinnamon Cider got beat two lengths at the sunny coast after a six-week break, and and uh, Oakfield only got beaten a couple there in a benchmark 62, so he sort of, yeah, dropped them there and set them up well, and, and Pat's just continued on with it and done a terrific job. We often talk about the fact of trying to place yourself in the the uh, the best company and your horses in the worst, and it's all about placing your horses, I guess. And Pat's done that beautifully by finding this particular benchmark sixty five at Bell. But especially with something you mentioned there, Miss Cinnamon Cider, going all the way down to Inverell to uh, be able to break her maiden. Yeah, she she'd been knocking on the door for a while, and I, I think she has a stack of ability. Like she ran second at um, Rocky Newmarket Day in a maiden there, and. I just uh, sort of had to get her back to her fitness. And after a 1,400 at the coast, she was sort of ready to go on with the job. And Pat placed her perfectly down there. And it was a, you know, it was still a strong enough maiden. There's a bit of southern form out of Victoria in it. But, yeah, obviously it's it's working. So credit to Pat. And Emily rode her a treat that day too, Emily Lang. So. We've all known Pat's uh, record particularly well when he was out in St George, but he's set up now, is it Barham Stud that uh, he's now set up with the training base and has it made a real difference, you think, to his operation? Oh, it's massive. And, and even like Oakfield Target, he's the sort of horse that likes to keep fresh and they've got water walkers and sand tracks and, you know, they've just got the facilities there which just puts every, everything a mile in front of, of anyone else, really. It's, it is hard to beat him, put it that way. It doesn't really sort of compare to uh, training out of your uh, Land Cruiser of Wandoan, does it? No, not not at all, really. <laughs> <laughs> hey, when, when we last spoke with you on Bushbeat, and that was after Oakfield Target won your hometown cup there at Wandoan, and we, you were telling us about some of the, the, well, I suppose you could say struggles to train horses when you're in a remote location like that. When I say remote, I mean Wandoan's not exactly out in the back of beyond, but there's yeah. not a lot in the way of track work riders, uh, and you were having some, some difficulties then trying to just, yeah, even just work your horses and having to do that, training them out of the car. Yeah, that's it. It's always a struggle in the bush, and and I think it always will be um, forever. And like no one wants to live out there. That's the problem. Um, but there is a lot of great opportunities for apprentices that are just starting out to come out and get full books of rides every weekend and, and get on some decent horses too um, before they move back into the city. And you know, all the good jockeys have started out there. No doubt about that. Yeah, we often talk. Often talk of the benefit of country service, if you like, don't we? Well, with the apprentice jockeys getting that experience, not just waiting for one ride in the the city or the provincial, uh, getting as many as they can with very experienced riders as well. Yeah, exactly right. You look at half the jockeys in Brisbane now, like Bubba Tilly and Bailey Notice and Emily Lang won't be far off making a way down there. Anne Jones, like all of them started out in the bush. Yeah, Glenn Boss had his first ride at Gympie. Uh, when, yeah. when you go back through, you know, some of, some of the grades that have had their, as Rob said, they're almost like their country service-like teachers do. And I guess like auctioneers do. I don't know if there's going to be much that will drag you away from Western Queensland, though. No, nah, probably not. 
Probably not. <laughs> Money's the best muster, they say. Yeah, exactly. Especially when there's fish to catch and cold beers to drink. Yep, exactly. Exactly. What's right. the timeline on going back to training? Don't know yet. I haven't worked that out. When I start playing bad golf, I suppose. <laughs> <laughs> Which I'm not and far off that already. <laughs> what did you do with the others in the stable? Have they gone to Pat as well, or have you just started uh, I got, I got two with Pat, um, and then I bought a horse off Gerald Ryan in Sydney, and I've left him down there for the time being just because he's Bob's. He's with Damien Lane down there. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'll try and win a Bob's maiden. And if he doesn't do something, he's run a fifth at Newcastle and a fifth at Hawkesbury. So he's sort of he's shown enough ability to to give it to him up here. Um, I'm just sort of hoping he can win a better maiden down there first. I guess that's the beauty of being able to uh, place your horses like that with with those sort of trainers. You know, someone like Pat who's not afraid to travel the three hours or so from Toowoomba down to Inverell to be able to find the right sort of maiden for a horse like Miss Cinnamon Cider. Yeah, perfectly situated and not a, not afraid to travel like a lot of those trainers that are in the city. They sort of, unless they can win in their hometown, they don't really want to know much about it. But, yeah, Pat's done an excellent job and his results have shown through with Battle of the Bushes and Stampedes and everything over the last couple of years. Are you still on the yeah. lookout for a few other horses? Yeah, I will. I'll probably buy a few and, <clears throat> and syndicate a bit of them out um, when I find the ones I want. We went to 40 on one the other day, but... Didn't get him, surprisingly, but, yeah, we're always still looking for horses and, yeah, just keep playing it by ear and get a few more together. We all want to win a Battle of the Bush. Yeah, it's really a big attraction, isn't it? It's, it's evolved uh, beautifully, that um, series, the Battle of the Bush. And, uh, yeah, well, you, you're quite right. Going to 40, this, the, the used market, it's very strong trying to get the yeah. right one. Yeah, it is hard. And finding the right horse, you know, an on-pacer that's, Still a low enough rating so they can get in the under the weight and a bit in some of those finals and yeah, it does take a bit of doing. Well, well done with the win with Oakfield Target there at Bell on the weekend and with 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 uh, Miss Cinnamon Cider kicking off the new year for you in fine style. Great to have you back on the show. And we'll talk again soon. Sounds good. Thanks, guys. Well, we're out and joining us there from one day and winning owner now, Rob. Uh, yeah, maybe he'll go back to training when his golf gets worse or his drinking gets better or there's no fish left in the, in the condom mine or, or down in the dogwood at miles or something like that. But, uh, great to be able to, uh, put a little bit more of a spotlight on a, a meeting like this, this once a year meeting at Bell. Oh, definitely, Tony. And, uh, maybe we need to keep tabs on his golf farm results as well <laughs> because he's doing extremely well with the, uh, the training and the owning. And, uh, great to have you on this morning. Interesting comment he made about trying to find the right sort of horse to go and win a, a Battle of the Bush. And I think this is one of the things we were talking about last year with races like the Country Stampede and the Country Cups Challenge Series plus the Battle of the Bush. It's finding the right kind of horse. And I think now owners and trainers have really started to drill down on what sort of horse you need to be able to target these sort of races. And as well, Tony, it's uh, important. And guys like Will are all over this. They know the conditions that relate to the series of the races. And it's important to really keep tabs on that because they do vary a little bit with the Battle of the Bush needing, uh, I think it's five non-tab runs leading into the heat, whereas you can use the heats in the Country Cups and Country Stampedes as some of the runs. And then you get the Magic Millions Country Cup, and I know there's been a little bit of controversy with it, with horses that apparently uh, haven't been... eligible they're not they've been nominated but they're not eligible because i'm not sure if it's a clause this year that's brand new but but maybe in the race magazine it could be highlighted a little bit better but um 
Yeah, you, you can't have run in a metropolitan race uh, since November 1 to be eligible for that Country Cups that's coming up on Magic Millions Day this Saturday. So you've really got to not find only the right horse. You've got to really target it and know the conditions of that race series going into it. So you, do, you, you don't leave any stone unturned. You have it uh, spot on so there's no disappointment down the track as you get near the um, near the final. Going to be a little tricky, I guess, for people that are going to have to look at it and almost pick and choose which direction you'd like to go with something like that. It would be a little bit of a predicament to have. Yeah, do I target the Magic Millions Country Cup knowing that uh, it's going to be a $500,000 race and 290000 of the winners, not to be sneezed at for sure, even if you, you end up running uh, anywhere between uh, 6th and 10th, there's $5,000 there, uh, prize money in the Country Cup coming up on Saturday at Aquas Park at the Gold Coast. But then do you sort of hold your horse off hoping that you're going to be in a race like that and not go and run in something like the Country Cup final at, uh, at Doombin in December. I don't think that you know, we need to tinker too much with the placement of the races. Uh, maybe it's just the qualifying clauses in the races need to be tinkered with a little bit. Or as you say, we just need to be a little bit more aware of some of these qualifying clauses. Yeah, and if there's, a, I think if there's a change to it, I haven't gone back and found last year's race magazine, but if there's a change to it in any way, really make it in bold, really make it stand out so that, like I know there are people that still don't understand the Battle of the Bush qualifications. And by this stage now, you really need to be on, um, on top of all that leading into it. So if there's any way you can help with things like the race magazine, uh, and as a particular clause that could affect, uh, because it did affect horses uh, that came out of the Country Cups, uh, that race uh, is deemed a metropolitan race for the purposes of the Magic Millions Country Cups, yet it's not deemed that for the purposes of uh, going forward to defend your title in the uh, next year's Country uh, Cups series. So there's a few things you've got to be aware of, and I, I think the majority of people are over it, but the more knowledgeable you come about it, the less uh, you're likely to find disappointment uh, come race day. Yeah, and it's one of those things. It's just one of the, I guess, those, those sort of like, you know, settling in or bedding in is probably the term I'm looking for once these uh, races. And as you say, Rob, if they don't um, sort of tinker with the conditions too much, they being, of course, racing Queensland and, and programming committees and things like that, it's just a matter of uh, making sure that, yeah, everyone's aware of if there are changes like that. Yeah, maybe they need to be highlighted just that little touch more. Um, but, yeah. All in all, I think the, the system is working pretty well and everyone pretty well knows the sort of horse now they need to be able to get uh, for those kind of ones. And the beauty with the country stampede is as you qualify for that, you're also in the time period you're qualifying for the Battle of the Bush. So if you've got the right horse that can go for both, target both, as you've gone through and qualified uh, since that July period for that race, then you flow into the next year and you've only got to have, I think it's the five uh, non-tab runs, so you've, you've sort of killed two birds with one stone as well. So they're gelling together very well. We're going back to continue to spotlight this Bell program from the weekend. We heard Oakfield Target uh, taking out the, uh, the third race of the program there on Saturday in the Benchmark 65 at the start of the show. That was the first leg of a winning double for jockey Emily Lang. Here's the second leg, the maiden plate. Double do your tracks up behind uh, the leader Outback Playboy and take a ruse one out one back 400 left to go Outback Playboy leads from loud attraction double do you and take a ruse next beyond Tastic Spiller's gone back to last as heads the turn for home now and uh, moving up on the outside and hitting the lead Outback Playboy and shot away double do you so battling to keep up with it but Outback Playboy for the
Yes, Outback Playboy with uh, Emily Lang in the saddle, part of a winning double. Jake Capewell, as we touched on with Brett Moody, the winning trainer there, previously with Rob Heathcote, this horse. And Emily's joining us on Bushbeat this morning. Welcome to the show, Emily. Thank you. You've been very busy in the last uh, couple of weeks with uh, the winds right across the state and the northern uh, New South Wales. Uh, Have saddle, will travel, part of your motto? <laughs> yeah, the last couple of weeks have been pretty busy. Yeah, but been lucky. Um, been getting put on by a lot of nice trainers and getting some nice rides, so it makes it worth it. I was having a look at your list of tracks in just the last month alone since the middle of December. Mwilumbar, Texas, Dolby, Kilcoy, Warwick, Mwilumbar again, Inverell on New Year's Day, Gatton, Mackay, Bell and Coffs Harbour. And in just the last week from Inverell through to uh, Coffs Harbour, six winners at five different tracks. And just to put that into context, it's about 1,500 kilometres from Mackay to Coffs Harbour. You've seen plenty of the highway as well in the last six weeks. Yeah, um... I usually fly up to Mackay, so that's not too bad. But, yes, there's been a, a lot of travelling. And uh, no uh, no winning result at Mackay, but I noticed you had a good second on uh, a very popular horse up there in Milky Rocket, the Palomino Thoroughbred. Yeah, yeah I don't normally have that much luck at Mackay, but I run a couple of seconds, so it was okay. Emily, give us a little bit of your background, if you can, uh, of how you you got into racing. I know you've been around and riding for a good while, and you're down to your two-kilo claim in the country areas, but what's the Emily Lang story? Um, so my I grew up riding, like our whole family, sort of into horses and whatnot, and um, we never really were a racing family, though, more camp drafting, and I sort of did show jumping in my years through high school. And then um, I was looking for a job while I was doing university and I sort of thought that I'd, Chris Munch put an ad up for track work riders and sort of started from there. The university career continued as well, Emily, or have you put that to the side for the time being? Um, just once I started my apprenticeship, I put that to the side. Um, didn't really have time with how busy it all got, but it's just deferred for now. And which, who's uh, your master? Who are you apprenticed to? Um, I'm apprenticed to Steve O'Day and Matthew Hoisted. So you'd certainly get plenty of opportunities uh, with a stable of that sh- strength. But I've, I've got a feeling, are they uh, making sure you're following that path of getting uh, plenty of country experience and provincial experience before the city uh, stage? Yeah, definitely. Um, uh, Steve and Matt are sort of making sure that I sort of stay out in the bush until the remainder of the season and try and chew down my country claim as much as possible before looking to go provincial next season. And I'll, I'm pretty sure they want me to do a year of provincial first before going metro. So I have a couple of years sort of country provincial before going into town anyway. It's certainly a, uh, a well-tested and, and proven method with that uh, stable. Uh, Steve and Matt have, have been able to do that before with a few apprentices before you and it's worked exceptionally well. So if it ain't broke, don't fix it. No, they're um, very good. They like to look at the big picture and sort of not what's going on right now. So, um, yeah, Steve and Matt have obviously had a lot of success with their other apprentices, so I can't imagine why it would be um, any different for me. Where do you head off to um, this weekend? Um, So this weekend I'm at Kilcoy on Thursday, Friday, Ballina, Warwick Saturday and Lismore on Sunday. (laughs) Even more miles to rack up in the car. (laughs) 
Yeah, they're not actually too far though, at least the Northern Rivers um, place is only a couple of hours, so not too bad. I wonder why I'm back just to Gatton last Thursday, if I could. You rode a double there, but the last race had to be abandoned. Uh, now, there was a, a situation there from what I was reading in the stewards' report and catching some of the vision on Sky, a uh, lightning storm nearby, and then heavens opened up and down she come, and then track was uh, was unraceable. Uh, were you already out on the track by the time the stewards put the call out to say, you know, there's lightning nearby for the last race? Yeah, we couldn't believe it. We sort of all mounted up and canned around to the barriers and there was three minutes till jump time so we had to wait there for a fair while before we were able to load but um yeah that's when the sort of lightning started to hit it was a fair sort of way away but they definitely made the right call because within a couple of minutes of us getting back to the mountain yard and walking into the jockey's room it was yeah it was pouring down That safety is vital and uh, is the key criteria there. So uh, it's it's just intriguing to me that you're in a really good base where you are because you've got that northern New South Wales uh, exposure as well as the southeast downs and I suppose out to the western downs a little bit further. Uh, you've, you've really got a good um, a good area to operate in, particularly over this time period where there haven't been a lot of country race meetings. No, definitely. I was actually talking to someone about that today and saying how lucky I am that I'm able to go down to the Northern Rivers and New South Wales areas and you're riding nice tracks and for good trainers down there as well, like the jockeys, there's a lot of senior riders that ride at those sort of meetings as well. Yeah, that was something Rob was touching on before. Just to me. Go on, Rob. Sorry, Sorry, Tony. Um, Just one final question. The course you were doing at university, what's the, the area of study that you were keen on? Um, I was actually doing business and data science. I wasn't really too sure what I wanted to do when I finished school. And my brother sort of, he does, um, he is um, an accountant with HSBC. He's over in London and he said that it would be a good course to do to sort of open your areas up and you have lots of options when I come out. So, yeah, um, jockey is definitely very different to that. <laughs> <laughs> the, yeah, the point no, I was going just... to pick up on that uh, when you were saying about some of the senior riders there, and that was something that Rob was highlighting before, it's amazing when just when you're sitting in the jockey's room and you can have a look back at one of the rides and you can get that sort of experience uh, head sitting with you and be able to say, now, what do you think I should have done there? It's it's invaluable, that kind of thing. I think we, we don't put enough emphasis on that kind of uh, experience that is in the jockey rooms all the time for the apprentices. Yeah, definitely. I'm really lucky that, especially the riders that, the sort of senior riders in our own Huisted stable, that everyone's really, um, they're willing to help and tell me what I am doing well and what I sort of need to work on. So I'm, I'm very lucky and at the races, we're sort of a pretty close-knit bunch. Everyone's happy to lend a hand. So, no, I'm very grateful. Well, what you're doing is certainly working well at the moment with a, uh, a great winning strike rate, as we highlighted, and racking up plenty of miles as well. Emily, thanks for joining us on Bushbeat this morning, and we wish you continued success. We'll chat soon. Thank you very much. Emily Lang with us on Bushbeat today. Quite amazing, Rob, to think that, yeah, all those tracks that she's ridden at in just the last month and even in just the last week, everywhere from uh, Mackay uh, through to Inverell, Gatton, Bell and Coffs Harbour with six winners in that week. Uh, it's uh, it's great to see a young apprentice like that getting out and experiencing different tracks and, and different riding styles and getting that sort of experience. And that's, as we said, uh, with the uh, O'Day Hoisted Stable, that's uh, a tried and tested method that they've had with their apprentices. Uh, they hold them back, I guess, in a 
away to be able to get the best experience for them and then send them off to town and then they're ready to go and attack the, the metropolitan sort of level. Yeah, and on top of that, uh, also I always I always love hearing sportsmen who look to that elite level and and trying to get to that level in in their profession. But they have that backup plan that they have the ability to go and do a university course um, in case the jockeying career is not the final thing that they end up with. They have a they have a backup plan in mind as well, and I think that's so important for any any elite sportsman. So you know they they don't just rely on the uh, the sport they're in. We mentioned that Emily and Paul Hamlin had doubles there at the Bell Program on Saturday, and I mentioned that Emily had a double at the Gatton Tap meeting last Thursday. Nicole Seymour and Ashley Butler each rode doubles at the Mackay Tab card last, frat- uh, last Friday. Uh, Tracy Simmons with a, uh, a training double, and then Roy Jalemi with a training double with Higher Realm and Smarty Lee, each winning at the Townsville Program on Saturday. Always nice to acknowledge those multiple winners. The meeting's coming up following on from Rocky today. Kilcoy Thursday, as Emily mentioned, Townsville Friday. Friday and Warwick on Saturday. We've got two non-tab country meetings this weekend. Rob Atherton and Thangula each racing. And the King Island Carnival continues in Tasmania. Duncan Dornoff back calling this weekend for Recreational Day. The following weekend is their Miners Rest Cup Day. We're going to focus a bit more on that as we get closer to it. And then the carnival wraps up at the end of January on the 28th with the Southern Airlines Fly-In Day. And being January as well, it means that the Kangaroo Island Festival is also going to be coming up. And we're going to be checking in as we always do on Bushbeat with uh, Tim Edwards to get a little bit more news on uh, Kangaroo Island in a, in a couple of weeks as well. Yeah, it's yeah, always it's an always exciting, exciting meeting, meeting uh, to, uh, to hear from and as well those tab, tab meetings uh, at Emerald, Emerald and Bowen, Bowen coming up on the 24th of uh, January and the 3rd of February. February. And also, also keep in mind, mind Tony, Tony, the new, the new prize, prize money. money. As of, as of the 1st of February, of February with the, with the uh, meeting, the $10,000 per race for the uh, the country and, of course, provincials change as well. That begins the 1st of February. That's our show for the week. Uh, great to be able to throw the uh, the spotlight uh, mm. on the, the Bell program from the weekend with Brett Moody and uh, Wilbur Loudon and Emily Lang joining us on the show today. It's kind of nice, Rob, when we don't have as many meetings to talk about just to spend a little bit more time uh, drilling down into one of the uh, annual meetings like that. Just being just able being to get able the, to background get the background to it. To it. And, and not every club... Um, I suppose knows what other clubs do, and if uh, they hear an idea, please pick up on it and and run with it, as Tony uh, indicated with that bell meeting there. But if you've got any stories, just email me at barkersnews at optusnet dot com au, and uh, we'll be back next week, Tony, and hopefully uh, the voice will be a little bit stronger uh, by that time. <laughs> we uh, we wish you uh, yeah get well soon. We, we wish you all the best trying to recover from your man flu. I, I know how hard it is to be able to just do the simplest of things. So I hope that Leanne's spoiling you and looking after you while you're struggling through. And I must, and I must wish her her 60th birthday, birthday was a tremendous, tremendous success, success on the weekend, on the weekend uh, uh, that we had we with had. all the family. So it was great to be down here. But I'll get well enough, hopefully, to be at the Magic Millions on Saturday. Tony, good morning to you. Good morning, listeners.